Welcome to our community. This is Saratova Beth. This is our series this week called Motivation. And we're learning about motivation from the Sicha of Parshas Kisisa, the Sicha, the Lubavitcher of Parshas Kisisa, Tafshinun Beis. And we will see how, from all points of view, from Hasidus, Kabbalah, Hakira, all different points of view, the Indian of motivation is being presented to us and, and the steps in motivation, how to move from a dream to a um, to um, actually uh, manifesting, expressing, doing the actions toward that dream and pulling it all together. These are the steps in motivation. So, a little a little um, cute piece to start with. So, when we started this recording, a few things happened that we had to start all over again with the recording, and and it took us some time to recalibrate, call in, not call in, all of that. What we're going to discuss today is going to show us that normally in Gullus, we would think that, ah, oh, I can't believe it. We're trying to do this series on motivation, and then all these things got in the way. And the classical approach, even even a sort of a, 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 a tire approach, why am I saying that? Because a woman said she had all these things happening, and she asked her rabbi, and he said, well, um, when whenever you try to do a good thing, something will come along to try to stop it. This is a very classical Torah approach. But there's something even bigger than that. Of course it's true. If a rabbi says it and it's a Torah approach, it's true. But there's a bigger way of seeing things, a bigger way to step into motivation. Because, let's face it, if we're, sorry, what am I saying? I'm saying that the things that kind of got in the way of our making, doing this recording, didn't get in the way at all. What we do is we use them as a part of the process of making the recording even better. And actually, the Mitlerebbe speaks about this in a very potent example. He says, look at a river, or like, look at a stream of water. And let's say this river, the river is flowing quite quickly. The point is, as the water is moving along in the, in the river bed, it comes to a bunch of rocks. And the rocks have piled up in such a way that there's rocks, there's earth, there's all kinds of stuff. It's practically stopping the water. And there's one little, little pathway between two rocks that all the water is being squeezed through. All the water is being squeezed squeezed through. Is that good or bad? It's terrible. On the In the classical way, you could say, oh, my goodness, I knew it. I knew it. Just when the water gets flowing and the water has to get somewhere, the water has a mission that it has to go from this place to way down the stream, even a 100 miles away, and do something. Water is needed to, you know, provide, water is needed for the people in the town a 100 miles away. And we need this water to move from here to there. And, oh, no, as soon as you're doing a good thing, like sending water to to the people downstream, what happens? All good things are always going to invite the other kind of force that's going to try to stop this good thing that you're doing and get in the way. And you just this, this ugly force comes back every single time you want to do something good. Okay, that's a classical Torah approach. Let me ask you a question. In terms of motivation, 
Does that really, in, in our generation, we're not talking about 100 years ago when people were made of stronger stuff. You know, people were made of stainless steel hundreds of years ago. We're made of plastic and, and you know, disposable plastic at that. You know, the kind of thing that you put it near the fire, it melts in a second. You know, you, 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 you the kind of, you know, the plastic fork that you, you try to even put into a piece of, piece of meat and it breaks right away and you have to throw it away. We're made of disposable disposable grade plastic. Not very sturdy in certain ways. Are you motivated? If we're talking about motivation, and this series is about motivation, are you motivated to continue trying to do good things when you know that every time you do a good thing, the negative forces will come along to try to stop you? Well, if you answer yes to this, I would love to meet you and be, you know, you can be, become my mushpia because most people I know, including myself, after a while say, I'm throwing in the towel. What is the point of trying again and again and again and again and again to do good things? And again, we know by definition that this negative force is going to come and try to stop us. So, <laughs> Let him do what he does. I'm not trying anymore. I'm not trying anymore. And really, this is the younger generation. You know, your system is based on this, 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 and this. You have to just keep on pushing and everything will try to stop you. So they say, have a nice day. You can take your system. I'm going to actually go a different route. It's just not worth my while. I want to a sitting... With a child, I remember, and the child was saying literally these words. They said, you know, I like the top of the bagel. When we slice a bagel, I don't remember if he said, I like the top or the bottom. I think he said, I like the top of the bagel better. And I remember hearing someone say, oh, really? How come? And he said, because it's easier to eat. Easier to eat. That's interesting. Never thought of easier to eat bagels. Hmm. Wow. That's an interesting statement of somebody from the younger generation. Wow. Never, I, I never, I never base things on how easy they are. Now it's interesting that young child grew up to be a very dynamic, creative, um, adult who is, you know, thank God achieving many great things in his life and, 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 inventing and being proactive and creating and and all kinds of stuff that nobody else can do but he needed to take the journey through the it's easier to eat the top of the bagel i just eat the top i just focus on the top of the bagel i'm not looking for more difficulties it's a whole other approach to life as opposed to like every difficulty is you know i just keep up that's a more classical approach so we're speaking about the motivation. So what is the truth? A higher Geula truth of Tyra. We just gave you a more classical view from Tyra, and it's true. And what's a higher frequency uh, view of from Tyra? That is that, no, it's not that the bad forces come along to try to stop you when you're doing a good thing. But rather, this is what the Mitzvah says, so let's go back to the water. The water is, starts to flow very quickly until it comes in the stream, in the, in the river, until it comes to this whole pile of rocks. And the rocks 
practically stop the flow of water. And they, the water goes through this one little thin stream, this one little opening between two rocks. Now, first of all, you and I, we both know what the force of water is on the other side of that thin stream of rock. That's super powerful water. That's laser beam water that just, you know, it, there's such a strong force of all the water being constricted through that narrow space that there's serious power going through that narrow space. That's number one. Number two, these rocks were put there by Hashem, not to stop you, but to upgrade you, to upgrade the flow of water to a faster speed, a more powerful flow. The whole point of these rocks is simply an upgrade in frequency to a more powerful flow. It's not there to stop you. It's not there. It's there to upgrade the water to a more powerful flow. That's what the Middle Rebbe says. How do we see that? The Middle Rebbe says. Because at some point, the water is pushing on the rocks, pushing on the rocks, pushing on the rocks. Because remember, when it's being, so to speak, held back by the rocks, and it, the water is pushing forward. The rocks seem to be pushing backwards. Eventually, the water, the water will cause the rocks and the dirt to dislodge at some point. And when they dislodge, the rocks and the earth start to move with the water with a powerful force. And they actually increase the power and even the speed of the water. Before that, it was just water flowing downstream. Now it's water with ooh, these rocks, this earth, like just like, zoom, you know, it's just this power. There's, there's serious power in that water, and the rocks and the earth become a part of that flow and a part of that force, and it creates something infinitely stronger than just the plain water and makes it more powerful. So this is the more Geuladic understanding, the deeper understanding. And the Middle Rebbe is certainly our, um, one of our pathways to the depth of understanding of the Geula within Tyra. Middle Rebbe is showing us there is no bad guy who comes along and stops you when you're trying to do something good. That's highly unmotivating. I don't have the strength for the bad guy. There's no bad guy anymore. It's the good guy. The rocks and the earth, they're the good guy. They're like, hi, water. Are you interested in the frequency upgrade? And the water is saying, uh, oh, I never thought about that. Well, let's tell me something about it. And then the earth and the rocks give kind of a little speech about power and frequency and all that and flow and who are you really your water and what are you here to accomplish and you know you're here to flow and move from here to there and all that other stuff would you like to flow faster stronger and the water will say I mean this is a pretend conversation oh yeah that's if I'm water and I'm here to flow to flow stronger and faster and more powerfully well that would mean that I become more of me than I was before yeah How, what do I have to do the rocks and the earth say We'll help you. We'll go along. We'll work along with you. We'll just be become part of your flow. 
and it will become a whole new metzias, a whole new entity. Water, rocks, earth, all flowing together. The water says yes, the rocks say yes, the earth say yes, and boom, we've got something unbelievable. This is what the Nidler Rebbe is bringing out in Shari Yechud. So that's just the introduction to, we're going to look into the Sicha, but that's the introduction to the idea of motivation, Geula motivation. And everything we're going to learn is going to be based on, I'm going to jump to um, paragraph Dalid to, um, well, no, you know what, let's not. I'm going to start from the beginning. So now we know where we're going. I won't give away all the secrets in the Sicha. We'll do it systematically. So now we know where we're going. In this series, we want to explore a new way of motivating ourselves. Because the old way was, based on the old paradigm of, you know, the bad guy is coming to stop you when you're doing a good thing. What were we told to do as a method of motivation according to the old way? The bad forces are going to try to stop you if you do something good. We were told, push further, keep on pushing harder, ignore him. Avram Avinu was trying to get to the Akedah. And the water would come in front of him, and this would come, in, and everything would try to stop him. And he would say, ignore it, just keep on moving. And it's true. Ignore it, just to keep on moving. And it is correct. Higher than that would be, don't ignore it. Don't push it away. Don't just ignore it and keep on moving. That's, that was the old motivation. Ignore it. Keep on moving. Just don't look. Just ignore it. Ignore the bad guy. Keep on going. The Gula motivation is, why should you ignore it? Take it with you. Partner up with it. Collaboration. We don't ignore things anymore. The only thing we ignore, the only thing, I mean, we don't even ignore Haman and Amalek. Even Amalek, we have to remember him and not ignore him to get rid of him. That's the only thing. Everything else is transformed. So now we don't do escafia. Push it away. Ignore it. Ignore the, the things that are trying to stop you and just keep on going. We move past that. We motivate ourselves not by ignoring, by escafia, by pushing away. We motivate ourselves by ishafcha. Your friend just came. Hi. Hi. I'm your friend. I don't look like your friend, but... If you change your frequency, you'll see me as a friend, and we will we will partner together. I'm the rocks, uh, and you're the water. Let's do a collaborative partnership, and let's create serious transportation force to get whatever goes through water from upstream to downstream. And we're going to do it as a collaborative force. Let's be let's create collaborations. That's our new motivation. So, where do we see it in the Parsha? Is there a Parsha in Tyra that enables this to happen, that opens up this channel? And there is. And it's Parsha's Kisisa. And the amazing news is, we happen to be in Parsha's Kisisa this week. Well, that's amazing. That's great. And then we want to ask ourselves, 
one other thing. The, before we look into the details of the Parsha, when are we learning Parsha's Kisisa? Right after Purim. Hmm. That makes sense. You go through Purim. Purim is the Nahapechu. Everything turns upside down. Now that you've come out, now that you're upside down, you need to find a whole new way of doing things. That's, that's what we're going to see. I'm going to give two more examples. I had just actually finished hearing an interview with someone who said that when he was in college, he was the athlete. He was on the football team, I guess. And he, all his life, he was the athlete. And his brother was the very smart one. He was the, he was the, the family clown and the athlete. And he definitely was not known as being very intelligent, certainly not in the family. So here he has an identity. And what happens? One day his coach calls him in, his college football team coach calls him in and says, I'm sorry, but you're no longer on the team. He walked out. He felt as if his entire existence, identity, will to live, everything had crashed. He had an identity. He had a grounding. He had a Matthias, who he is. He's the athlete. He's successful at that. He's not the scholar like his brother. And now that has just been taken away from him. Who is he? Does he still exist? Is he of any worth? What's the point? And so his whole world turned upside down. Now, if I, this is 20 years after that, so I'm hearing an interview with him and obviously, you know, many things came from that. But so let's take it to ourselves. Purim, for the, for every one of us, in a sense, our whole world turned upside down. And the entire world turned upside down. We are the shluchen. We are the, the emissaries that are as yidden, that are carrying the world through that upside down from a gullus reality to a geula reality. If any of us feel that we have gone through some kind of upside down stuff in the past week, well, that's what many people are re- reporting. I guess it's a good thing. Because when you're turned upside down, v'nahapechu, Purim is upside down. Take the cup. It's right side up. Turn it upside down. Or, a more potent example, I think the Lubavitcher Rebbe said, take the cup that's normally turned upside down, turned, you know, um, with the opening to the to the table, and now turn it upside down, and now it's chasing upward to receive. Just look at that for a second. We normally, in life, the way we operate is not very receptive, not very open to stuff that Hashem is sending us. We, we're sort of in lockdown position, not really, you know, just just... Give me my coffee. Just give me my give me my identity and my coffee and my this and my that. And please leave me alone. I, I don't I don't have the kaya for more stuff. 
So if you could make a create a picture of us, of most of the world, it's a cup, not a cup that you can't pour anything into because it's it's facing down towards the table. That's the way, certainly that's the way the world has been in the past year. Whoever voted for this guy, they that's it. And whoever voted for this guy, that's it. Nobody's ready to hear each other. To the max, a world that um, we, we probably never in history experienced a world that was so powerfully a cup with the, <laughs> with the opening facing the table. Meaning, it's called the cancel, cancel culture. I don't like what you have to say. So I'm going to forbid you to say it. If you're on social media or media or anything, I'm going to take you off. You're not allowed to say it. I don't want to hear it. Nobody wants to hear it. Nope, you're not going to be allowed to say it. If we don't like what you say, you have to stop saying it. That's the cancel culture. If if, If you say, oh, I painted the walls in my basement pink, there's going to be some Lulu who says, you know, pink is very, it's very disrespectful to speak about pink because some people are colorblind, Pastor Shalom, and therefore they can't see pink or red or green. And it's very disrespectful to speak about colors. So from now on, you're forbidden to speak about colors. Plus, plus, plus. That's the cancel culture. Oh, it's very disrespectful to speak about the speak up speech about it because some people feel very judged that you're even speaking about and using those words cancel culture etc that is a cup that you can't pour into because (laughs) the pouring part is facing the table that is the way the world has been in the past year no one's open since last pouring to this forum no one is open to hearing anything this is the way i hold this is my view i'm right you're wrong or this is what right and there's there's no dialogue and also just in total lockdown you know it's like everybody was pushed into the fetal position of just you know i'm just going to kind of sit in my house all curled up and drink my coffee and just not deal with anything we were forced into so to speak that lockdown and in the land of israel still in lockdown position can't move, you can't go here, you can't go there, you can't speak to anybody, you can't communicate, you can't bond with people. Just like lockdown. The cup with the opening facing down. Hashem did it. That was from last year. And it happened last year. It started last year, Purim. We were kind of living our lives and all of a sudden, boom, lockdown. Turn the cup and put the opening of the cup facing the table. Lockdown. Okay. And fear. The virus is coming to get you. They're, they're trying to get you. They're trying to get you. Wherever you turn, they're out to get you. They're out to get you. That became the reality. The Chinese are out to... Right? So, top opening facing the table. You can't pour into it. Now, then fast forward one year later, Purim. We just finished. What does that Purim become? What happens a year later? We're clearly being empowered to, as we say, Purim is Dinahapehu. Last Purim was it turned upside down. We went from being slightly receptive to things 
to being completely unreceptive, basic up down. And this year is then when things have to turn upside down on Purim because that's the energy. The cup obviously is being turned so that the opening is to the heavens. The cup turned upward to receive. Cup turned upward to receive. That must be what happened this Purim. Lots of people reported that they had very strange, a very strange week last week. Well, if so, we can understand why. When the cup is being turned upside down and now it's going to be a receptive cup waiting for opportunities, blessings, etc., to be poured into this cup. That's not going to be, you know, a very simple process. It's going to come with some, you know, <laughs> you know, um, noisy resistance. And an example of that noisy resistance is called karbanos, the sacrifices that are brought in the base of Nikdash, <clears throat> the animal sacrifice. The animal is, is put, the meat is put on the mizbeach and burned. And how does it sound when it's burning? <laughs> Crackly. You know, I have the when you, you know, when you go to buy those fake, they have these fake logs that you can buy for a fireplace. They're not wood logs. They're made out of some kind of pressed paper or something. And, but they don't, they just burn, but they don't have any sound. So they specially manufacture, you know, for another dollar, you can get a crackly sounding fake log that sounds like the resistance of the of the bonfire. Crackle, crackle. What is that crackling sound? When the animal is on the mizbeach, what is it denoting? Carbonus, karav, your animal soul, the, the more physical aspects of life, are trying to get close to Hashem, trying to get close to their ultimate purpose. And they're pretty distant. That's why it's called carbon, from close, meaning you were very distant, and now you're trying to get close. And it's, there's a resistance from the animal, physical world. It's like, mm, there's a resistance. It's not a smooth process. So the carbonus always have this noisy sound, crackly sound with them. So, again, when we're talking about since Purim, we, have, we understand that last week, we are now in Parshish Kisisa on the heels of Purim, when the cup has now, in a kind of noisy way, been, been turned upside down to receive from above. So, let's pull this all together with just a few thoughts from the Parsha, and then we'll continue over the next four days. So, the Parsha of Parsha's Kisisa is speaking about absolutely opposite circumstances. The first Luchais, the, the Ten Commandments on the tablet, that's what is, when they were given. The Cheta Ego, golden calf, the sin of the golden calf, the, then the breaking of the luchais, breaking of these tablets, then what we had to do to fix this sin of the golden calf, cheta ego, 
How did we fix this? The tefillah of Maish Rabbeinu. Then, all of this is in the Parsha. It's a very packed Parsha. Then, Maish Rabbeinu sees the covet, the glory of Hashem. Then, the Yud Gimel Midas HaRachmim are revealed. And then, the second Luchas, the second tablet with the Ten Commandments, with the Aserat Adibas, are given by Maish Rabbeinu. And then the end of the Parsha is Karen or Pnei Maisha. The um, rays of holiness on the face of Maisha Rabbeinu, which further on in the week we'll speak about it. That has everything to do with the idea of a mask. Because we know Maisha Rabbeinu, the whole Parsha ends off with that idea of Maisha Rabbeinu having to put on a mask. We'll look into that in a couple of days. But look at this Parsha. It has the first Luchas, the breaking of the Luchas, the 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 eagle, the fixing the chayta eagle. Meisher bein sees the covenant of Hashem. Yud gimel midas arachmin. The second luchas, and then the holy rays on Meisher bein's face. That's a lot of stuff in one parsha. What is the main theme of this parsha? Because even though the these things happened in one continuum, and we have to understand why Tyra tells us about it with so much um, description about all these negative things because the Tyra is very careful even about a non-kosher animal etc. Tyra is very careful Hashem is very careful in his Tyra to really speak in a positive way and to kind of minimize all the negative things and just you know have them quietly mentioned and move on and here a whole partial where it's focusing on we broke the luchas, he broke the luchas and the sin of the golden calf and all this negative stuff. And at the same time, the most intensely positive stuff. All in one place. And so much distance between them. So holy, so elevated and so so dark, so light, so dark and back and forth. Wow. And all of this is clearly a process, the back and forth, dark light, dark light. What a lot of people went through last week, by the way, the week of Purim. Dark light, dark light, dark light. All of this is part of the process of learning and stepping into the new motivation. So, we can say that the first luchas are the very highest. The luchas maiselakim. The luchas were the handiwork of Hashem. And the script on it was maiselakim. It was the writing of Hashem. That's one thing. That's really lofty. Then we come to breaking the luchas. Why? Because of the golden calf. That's a descent that's so powerfully, that's so dark. And then we go up again. We go up to the Yud Gimomidus Arachim. And then even higher. Maishur Benu sees the covet of Hashem. That's even higher. And then the second luchas are given. Wow! Totally higher level of luchas. We're just going higher and higher and higher. Because it says the quality of Luchas, that Maishu Rabbeinu was told, you, you carve out these Luchas. It comes through your hands. And not only that, and the second Luchas, the first Luchas were given at the end of 40 days after the Torah was given, after Matan Torah. The second Luchas were given at the end of the third period of 40 days on Yom Kippur. And all of the, and it 
everything has a totally different energy, but it's up and it's down and it's down, and they all come together. There's one continuum. Which one hint we have right here is that when we're trying to move forward in life and when we have a, a an idea of where we're going, it's going to go up, down, up, down, dark, light, dark, light, dark, light. And we have to know the dark is not the darkness is not the reality and the light is not the reality. There's something higher. Where are we moving towards? You know, sometimes in relationships, people will say, huh, these and these people, yeah, they look good to the rest of the world, but I know their truth. What is their truth? Everybody, in a way, is a holograph today. What is a holograph? You know, they can, it's, it's, it's kind of strange, but you can see a video of somebody who's standing on a porch and you see them waving to the crowd and then they turn around and we see, saw it recently. They turn around and they start to walk inside and then all of a sudden they just kind of fade and then you realize there was no real person there standing on the porch, but it was a hologram and hmm, it's pretty strange. So everybody is a hologram. Well, who is the real you? Is the real you a good person, a bad person, a nice person, a mean person, a cruel person, a kind person? The real you is what Tyrus says the real you is. You're a yid. The real you is good. And all those things is just good. That's the only real truth. So, you know, this idea of dark light, dark light, dark light. Who is that real person? Oh, he's very dark. Oh, really? Or is that one of his hundred realities? How come everybody else experiences him as, as so luminous? Oh, no, but I know the truth about him. If you would know the truth about him, you wouldn't believe all the non, all the stuff you see in the advertising. Well, how do you know you know the truth about him? He has many different frequencies. And you've seen one. You've seen the darker frequencies. He has many, many different frequencies. We get to choose which frequency we want to label someone with. Just because sometimes we've seen their darker frequency does not mean we have to put that label on them. That's not their truth. It's one of their frequencies. You know, real ice cream is vanilla. I think in the 50s, maybe, in the 50s, I think people believed that real ice cream is vanilla, is vanilla chocolate or, or wow, the luxury ones, strawberry. Real, real ice cream, maybe in the 50s, was vanilla. A little bit more um, for the, you know, the a little bit more luxurious was chocolate. And really luxurious was strawberry. But real ice cream was vanilla. Nobody in 2021 would say real ice cream is vanilla. Real ice cream is one of 5,000 flavors, including uh, hot pepper chili or something like that. <laughs> so what's real ice cream? the way it was when you were a child? What's the only real, real anything is what Tyrus says, not what you see in the world. So is the real thing the darkness or is the real thing the light? Tyrus says the real thing is the light. So we can't define people as I saw the real person. He was so ugly. That's not the real person, not according to Tyrus. And Tyrus is the only real truth. So again, so to come back back to this and to bring it all to uh, a summation, we have here in Parshas Kisisa, 
all kinds of ups and downs and ups and downs and ups and downs and ups and downs. And somehow we, we are being trained and we'll see in the next few, over the next few days, the next few audios, we're being trained to understand that there's a whole new way to see reality, the Torah reality, the only truth. And within this, how do we motivate ourselves to move forward? With a whole new method of motivation based on, not because, not in spite of the fact that life is dark and light and dark and light and dark and light and dark and light. Not in spite of it, because of it. And we're going to say, we're going to end off this recording with saying the following. Since we just finished Purim, and we understand, or I believe, according to what I said, the cup was just turned upside down. It was turned upside down last Purim, as I said. But with the bottom closed. The pouring, the, the pouring side unavailable. Nobody's open to, not, no, no receptability, no receptiveness. Closed, locked, facing the table. And now this Purim, the cup was turned upside down again with the opening facing upward. Upward to a heavenly blessing filled plethora of opportunities. And that's where we're up to now. And this Parsha, Parsha's Kisisa, is going to teach us how to work with this new reality that's brand new this year, Tafshin Pei Aleph, 2021. We are post-Purim Tafshin Pei Aleph. We have never in all of history been at this moment before, ever, Ever, ever. We never had Tafshin Pei Aleph before. And we never had Purim Tafshin Pei Aleph before. And it was never us all together in this world, in this Corona crown, crown of Mashiach world, in this time, at this moment, all together, ever before in all of history. It's a brand new moment. And what we want to do is not only look at that cup that's been turned upside down to receive, but become that cup open to receive. And through this, we're going to explore how we can become that cup. Versus Kisisa. Elevated. Kisisa, when you lift up. We're being lifted up so that we can lift the entire world up and bring the world from Galus to Geula right away, way before Pesach. So, Mitzvah will continue in Geula with the next few audios May we, may we see ourselves receiving all of these blessings and opportunities right now in the Gula Mita Fashlema now.